welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to have back with us again, Brian Day, Senior Merchandiser and Natural Stores Coordinator for Four Seasons Produce. And today we'll be talking about fall in the produce department, which of course has no shortage of excitement between the start of fall season, Halloween, Thanksgiving, just to name a few. Brian, thanks so much for being with us today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me again, Ashley. Love doing this and uh, uh, it's great to be back on with you. Absolutely. So you are actually just coming off of a fall changeover in one of the produce departments that you work with. That's correct. Take us behind the scenes a little bit. What does that process look like? How how much do you do at once versus how much kind of gets done incrementally elsewhere? How does that work? Each store is different. Today was just basically uh, a, a fall. We, we moved the stone fruit out and put apples, current apples that are in there. Now your full variety of apples aren't out, obviously, uh, but you do have the new crop galas, you have some raves, um, and you have some old crop product. But the, the old adage is when as soon as Labor Day hits, people's mindset changes and they want uh, uh, apples up front, pears up front, stone fruit up front. Now, people are still going to buy peaches for the next month or whatever, because I, I lo- I'll eat peaches until they go out of season completely. But but um, no, I mean, it's just it's just one of those end of summer uh, sets where you're trying to freshen up the department and uh, just moving the apples to the front of the case or front of the, the aisle and um, uh, finding a different home for the stone fruit. So as that metals down and, and the, uh, the new, newer apples, new variety, varieties of apples come in, uh, then you start to integrate, um, start doing bigger pumpkin displays. You have a couple, uh, you bring in some fall ornamentals uh, to start the season, one or two bins. And then the next couple of weeks becomes three, four, five. Then you start bringing in, you know, different stuff uh, for that as well. So um, this is a great time of year. It's a fun time of year. It's my favorite time of the year for many reasons. Um, some of which you already included with uh, football and, and Halloween, especially. I'm a big Halloween geek. And um, so, yeah, so great time of year, fun time of year being produce, fall bounty, um, uh, all the apples that are coming in and pears and, uh, yeah, hard squash on the on the veg side. So, yeah, I'm ready to go, ready to go. <laughs> Well, it struck me as funny because as I was as I was preparing for this conversation, I was thinking, gosh, we always think of summer as like the prime time for produce, but fall doesn't seem that much less busy with everything that's on deck and all the different holidays. And maybe that's a question is kind of sustaining momentum from that big summer push into what's still a big push for fall just on some different things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I look at August as kind of like I used to call August a cleanup month. Right. So you have um, you're getting through the summer. There's a lot of local produce in the, in the summertime. And um, uh, the, the, the August vacations, people want to travel before the end of the summer. They're going before school. They're going back to school. They're going back to college mid month. Um, so some of that, uh, the, the retail is slow. And that's that's a good time to start planning for these times right now, doing the sets, planning for the fall. Uh, and just kind of uh, was a great sanitation month for me, cleaning up departments and uh, cleaning cases and, and just kind of getting everything ready, doing skew walks, what fell out of line during the, uh, the summer, during the summer season uh, you might have missed. And it could be a, a, a jarred garlics or uh, something small like that, that just you overlook, right? But it was a skew that did well for you. And it's just, 
that's a great time to do it in August as we're going into the, the September, uh, September, October time period. So, but um, yeah, I mean, there is, you're right. There is no shortage of, of produce that is on deck for uh, produce managers and uh, clerks to, to be uh, showing off to their, to their customers. So. And for folks who may not be familiar with the terminology, tell us a little more about the skew walk. So yeah, skew walk. Okay. Sorry about that. I should have oh, been a little good. more clear. So skew walk is um, um, where you basically, you take your order guide and you walk your department. And um, I do this a lot with like uh, the dressings, the jarred garlics, the crouton, all of the ancillary items that are um, not forgotten about, but they're not everyday items where you like apples or oranges or peaches that you rotate, that you merchandise, that you do. They're not everyday items. So you're looking at, they call them the back of the book items and you're just going through and you're just, okay, this fell out. Oh, this is a new item that you might want to try um, uh, and bring in cut into your set. So it's just basically you walk tile by tile and with your order guide, the back of the book order guide and just, uh, uh, just see what fell out of line and what opportunities lie in that book that you don't know, that you don't know exists. So uh, that's what a ski walk is. That's what I call a ski walk. So sorry no, about that. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's perfect. I One of those people who may not have been familiar with the terminology was me. So that's why I asked. Okay, I thought right on. I have the uh, question. Maybe somebody else does too. Awesome. Right, for sure, for sure. So with those back of the book items, is that something that you look at on kind of that turn of the season basis? Mm -hmm. and, and what makes it kind of seasonal in nature that way? Uh, well, people's, um, well, to answer your first question, yes, it's, I, I like to do it by season. Um, but as, as the summer season winds down, I look at fall as like uh, the beginning of the produce year. Right. So beginning of the produce year for, well, the beginning of the year for me is fall, let's be honest. But the beginning of the produce year, I think, is fall, right? Uh, coming out of the summer heat, you're getting into the, the, the cold weather. People's uh, um, taste change, but they, what they want to buy, what they want to buy is it uh, changes. So um, our, Pete, our, our customers eating more salads. If they're eating more salads, hit up the crouton section. Or hit up the, uh, the the salad additives, the crispy jalapenos, the the red peppers, um, um, dried garlic. Um, uh, start uh, customers start cooking a little bit more, right? And you look at trends too, right? Take a look at um, uh, mushrooms. September's mushroom month, so happy mushroom month, everyone out there. Um, and uh, you know, you take a look and you see, okay, well, they may start cooking soups. Well, back of the book item might be dried mushrooms, right? So bringing dried mushrooms, adding mushrooms into your set. It doesn't necessarily have to be those, those uh, uh, salad type items or whatever, but just these are great items to look at that add incremental dollars and build your basket. So, and actually could add meal suggestions to, to, to your customers um, uh, looking for something to eat that evening. So that might not be on a shopping list. So, yeah, so it all changes with the seasons and people's um, uh, um, taste buds so to speak. So. Well, and that makes sense, not using just the seasonality of commodities as a guide, but what types of things are people making? So maybe sure. you're adjusting the assortment to, you know, or the space allocation on salad dressing as you go into spring Correct. and summer, and maybe you're, you're widening on the stuff that would go with soups, you know, as you go into fall, winter. Soups is a big one. That's right. Yeah. Soups is a big one. So um, soup additives and, and bases and 
Um, and that, that too, actually, you're leading into a different, going out a different um, uh, angle with uh, what you're tying into your displays, right? You're bringing uh, collagen chicken broth over to uh, uh, some of your, might be with your mushroom displays, so, um, or whatever it might be. So with the change of the seasons comes a change of uh, customer's taste. And, and it used to be when I was back way back, uh, it used to be kind of immediately, right? So I think it's got away with as seasons have extended and um, there really is for some, a lot of commodities, no real seasons anymore. So things are grown all over the place. You can get product from anywhere in the world where it didn't used to be like that. So, so in that sense, it's changed a little bit, but um, uh, the basic philosophy is the same. So, cause all those little things going back to the, to the skew walk, they do add dollars, right? They do add dollars and you know, you're, you're, it's no shrink, <laughs> you know, those, that stuff is dated. I mean, um, croutons, the croutons have a long shelf life. So uh, don't be afraid to try new varieties of croutons or whatever it might be. So anyway. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, there's, you know, putting something in the department that's purely incremental. It's, it's not like you're going to swap out some, something true produce for croutons, right? right. So it's, right. it's additional dollars if you got a space that you can fill with it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotcha. And then I was thinking too, you mentioned apples earlier, pumpkins and squash. How do you go about figuring out, you know, how much more space to allocate, how many more varieties to bring in, you know, how, how big do you really want to go on some of these seasonal categories? What, what does that calculus look like? Loaded question there because every area and every manager is different. So um, I, I think I told you this before, I work with a, a gentleman up in uh, New England uh, and at the highest peak um, of the season, he'll have 60 varieties of apples out between what's available uh, from Washington State, but it is a big local community where um, they have an amazing heirloom orchard nearby and he brings in everything. And to me, that <laughs> has to be a limit, right? There has to be a limit. Because um, you're looking at a couple of things, right? You're looking at trends. You're looking at case size, you know, uh, first, first and foremost. You're looking at case size. How much do you have to allocate for an apple category or a pear category? And then basing your decisions off of how much space you want to allocate to it. Volume, right? You look at, okay, uh, bigger displays of honey, crisp, uh, galas, Fuji's uh, might be less on gold delicious, less on red delicious. So although I did have a red delicious last night, and I'll tell you, for all the bad press that they sometimes get, it really is a good apple. So, <laughs> but then you have all these club varieties that are available, right? I mean, you have, we're going into October here pretty soon. So you'll have your sugar bee and then you'll have, um, you'll have your cosmic crisp. You'll have envy, you'll have opal, you have all these new varieties that it could get overwhelming when you carry the basic, call it the basic six or whatever with your, you know, um, Grannies, reds, golds, galas, honeys, and um, uh, a Fuji or whatever. You add these club varieties in, it sometimes can get confusing for a customer. So if you have too many apples. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that, that, I, uh, that I often teach is, you know, what is your, what is your threshold on what you want to, what you want to um, uh, sell? You know, how you want to sell? Do you want to get in and out of a variety? 
um, outside of, uh, of your mainstays or um, are you committed to carrying um, uh, a sugar bee? Say sugar bee apples, my favorite, uh, my personal favorite apple. Um, but uh, sugar bee apples have become hugely popular over the past few years. So that's an item that you're going to carry from October to April. I mean, it, and that's because it's a now a popular item. It's now a, uh, um, a mainstay name for a customer. They want the sugar bee. So not just because, because of the taste, because how it was marketed, the little cool bee flying around on the box. Um, but um, I mean, they know a customer knows that name now. So you're going to you're going to want to uh, be sure you're on top of, of, um, of trends and what customers are looking for. So because if you don't have it in your store, they might go to another one. So that's that's the balance that you have to that's the balance that you have to look at. So and that's with any category, right? That's with apples, that's with pears, that's with uh, citrus. But the opportunities lie with the apple because it there is just so many varieties of apples, right? So, um, yeah. And then the the whole the other thing too, you got to look at um, you know bulk versus bag versus totes, right? So. Um, Eastern, Eastern apples, I like the, the, uh, Macoons and Macintosh and, uh, Stamens, Rome's, John of Gold's. I think they do excellent in, in little totes, right? It's a great tote apple. Um, uh, then you have your three pound poly bags, your five pound poly bags. I mean, what varieties do you want to bring in of that? It actually is a thought process where you go, okay, you look at trends and then you look at past history and past, uh, uh and your data from previous years. You know, what are your top sellers? Um, and quite honestly, we had talked before previously uh, uh, numerous times about taking good notes. Uh, and this is where the importance of taking good notes is of, um, you know, top sellers, where things were at. I mean, you can dial down to an actual diagram by week, um, something I used to do a long time ago. And just where was this on week 43? Where was this on week 44? And then just, you know, Stuff like that, good notes do um, uh, do help for previous. I mean, for uh, uh, future years. So, but no, the, the whole category thing is just it varies by um, taste, varies by produce manager. Um, but the general rule is there: if you're carrying too much fruit, it sometimes can too many varieties of apples. It can it it really can get confusing uh, to a customer. So, pick the so, best one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I wanted to follow up on one little detail thing you mentioned. What do you think makes a good tote apple versus something that you'd rather have in kind of the, the high graphic poly bag? Uh, I, I personally like the totes. Uh, I think they look cooler. I think the totes add a, like a classic old type farmer feel. Um, they're more of a presence standing up versus what a bag is laying down. Poly bags are great. You know, poly bags are great in the sense it's a convenience grab and go. Um, but, um, you know, I'd rather buy five pounds of red delicious in a tote bag than three pounds of red delicious in a uh, in a poly bag. I know that sounds crazy, but um, it's just a cooler look. It's just a throwback look. So and totes, I'll tell you what, totes really sell product. And there, I mean, there's different graphics of totes. There's clear totes. Uh, each shipper has their own. Uh, they might have graphics with the, the 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 variety name and the PLU and whatever on it, but whatever it is, it just it's just a cool, just a really cool look. So that's and just this, yeah, no, and, and this might be a silly question, 
can you get those from the supplier toted or does the toting have to be done at store level? Both, you can do both. So um, uh, some shippers, um, they do sell uh, boxes, eight, five boxes of, uh, of uh, totes. And um, uh, some actually sell bulk and put maybe five bags of uh, tote bags in them. So, um, you know, Stemilt, Western shipper, obviously, but Stemilt did that with their raves, right? So um, they, they sent their raves out and in the bulk boxes and in the bulk boxes, they put five tote bags, which high graphic tote bags and, um, you know, uh, each shipper's different. So, but I've seen it done, I've seen it done both ways, successfully done both ways. And I was wondering too, Brian, because, because these, these kind of newer variety apples, sometimes it tends to be sort of a more premium set of items. Mm -hmm. Do you expect any different approaches to the category this year because inflation has been so crazy in the last year Hmm. or so? Yeah, that's a, that's a real question, right? That's inflation is real. Um, yes, I do. I have seen some either trading down um, or um, um, call it value purchasing uh, over the past couple of uh, you know, six to eight months uh, when, um, you know, when you know, gas is five dollars a gallon or whatever it is, uh, you have to get to work. So other areas have to um, be allocated to. Right. So to answer your question, yes. I mean, um, and again, that's a that is a area by area, a person by person preference, right? So um, you might see uh, a um, someone who buys organic uh, on a regular basis trade down into a conventional, just because of the the sign of the times, right? Unfortunately, the sign of the times, and um, people have to eat, and people want to eat healthy, but you know if it's a difference between. $3 a pound or $2 a pound, and they're buying five pounds of something. I mean, it's, it does add up. It, the shopping cart uh, does add up because prices are, prices aren't going down, right? Prices continue to rise. So uh, fuel's on the way down, uh, but um, trucking's still expensive. Uh, cost of goods is still expensive. Um, so that's a, that's a real question. And, you know, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see six to eight months from now where we're at. Uh, but for now, yeah, there is a lot more value buying uh, going on in the in the produce aisles that I that I visit. So, I I hadn't even been thinking about it, but the more I was thinking about all these cool varieties, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a little pricier the last time I went to the grocery store, and I thought, yeah. if I, uh, again, if if I'm as a consumer thinking it, probably there's a few other consumers out there, you know, making the same. Uh, way in in the same way i guess yeah no for sure and uh, to put it to equate it to an item so say an, an ad item for an apple uh an organic gala uh say it would be 299 in 2021 and 220 in 222 uh that ad that ad cost went from 299 to 349 so i mean it's just that is that's just an example so it, it depends on what people's price structure is but I mean, that's the type of that's the type of real uh, inflation uh, that we are seeing out in stores. So it's not just produce, it's life. It's life. So but um, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's my opinion on that. Yeah. So especially in that kind of environment, 
how how can you in the store take advantage of of seasonality and holidays and some of these things where we we I mean produce leans hard on impulse sales anyway of course yeah, sure. um you know in this environment where everybody's a little more price sensitive how do you kind of use use all those classic uh, merchandising and seasonality tools to sort of encourage people that as far as they can you know produce is a great place to to spend that extra dollar yeah so um merchandising <laughs> displays you know that kind of stuff theater um just uh, it really uh i just to me it really boils down to to that you know um uh, i i'm a firm believer that you can sell anything if it's merchandise cool or or in a good way um if it's clean if it's fresh if it's quality um but no i mean the same principles apply to uh no matter what commodity you're selling no matter what grade you're selling um you know organic versus conventional um standalone um it, all the all the methods apply you can still have a lot of fun you can still promote produce as being healthy which it is uh over the the, the chips or the the popcorn or or whatever so produce is still a draw for consumers whether it's uh, uh, what, what they're buying might have changed but produce is still a draw and you impulse you go back to the impulse this is where the merchandising uh, piece comes in you know um we just did a, 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 a talk about impulse, right? On a on a high tire ticket item, we just did a, a display with um, some cherries, right? High dollar cherries uh, that were that was up in uh, Vermont, and um, you know, eight bucks a pound for for cherries. Um, it's a lot of money, uh, but I mean, store started out with thirty cases, and um, you know, it's like okay, it's thirty cases of cherries at eight bucks. You know, that's that seemed like a stretch. Right. So but long story short, it was a two week promotion. But I mean, that store alone went through one hundred and thirteen cases of, of cherries at eight bucks simply because it was put up front in a cool display, creative theater. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun. So, again, you know, and then that customer that was going to buy, say, strawberries at three ninety nine or whatever it might be, uh, might either having a. a traded up the cherry or bought the cherries and the, and the straw. I mean, it's, it's, it really all is about from that standpoint, it's all about merchandise because you're hundred percent right. Ashley produce is uh, a 90% impulse um, uh, commodity, right? You have, you have your list, you have your cucumbers, you have your peppers, you have uh, um, uh, your garlic for this, but then, you know, that's where you get creative with throughout the departments with end caps, standalone displays with color, with, this is where you get creative and 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 add some flair to to your department, and that's where that's where the baskets start to build, right? So, yeah. Well, and I I imagine I know the answer that you'll have for this question, so maybe this is a silly one to ask, but I was thinking, you know, again, in in a price sensitive environment, you know, as, as a store or as a corporation, do you invest in trying to keep that price lower and have it be a little more attractive on the ad? Or do you invest in labor hours, do something really cool at the store and give those folks a little more leeway to play around and you'll probably move enough that, you know, you didn't have to go down to that lower price after all. So, all right. So driving, driving volume uh, through dollars uh, with labor or uh, taking a little bit less percentage to make 
uh, gross. Is that, is that what the, is that the, okay. So depends on the classic quandary, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly. The the classic quandary, um, work with independents, right. And each owner and each, um, uh, uh, each rooftop has its own, its own version of, of what that is right now. You know, um, since, uh, since COVID, um, uh, the pandemic really, um, walloped labor, the labor pool, right? So um, the thing is with the rising cost of, of, of operating a building and um, uh, costing the cost of goods and everything going up, you still have to hit a certain target to pay your bills. And um, a lot of times people don't have the labor to consistently put product out. So they have to rely on getting a higher ticket for the items that they are putting. And, um, and that you're to your point, that does create a quandary, right? That does create a quandary because are you going for sales or are you uh, trying to control your sales because of the labor pool that is available in your store? So the answer to that question is it's, it's, it's all different. It's all different based off of your, um, uh, 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 the store's margin goals and uh, what labor that they do have. So, because stores still need to pay their bills, whether uh, that department two years ago had 13 people and has three now, or it has 13 people still, it still has to hit department goals. So uh, that's something you have to be conscious of when you're, uh, when you're pricing. Now you can get creative with pricing, right? You can, you can develop a, uh, a cooler mix, right? I always say you can bury 10, 20 cents into a, um, a potatoes and onions and people really won't know the difference. Um, but uh, you know, with the cost rising of potatoes and onions, it's hard to do that now too, right? <laughs> uh, and our business is a market-based business, right? Um, so, um, you know, um, um, so yeah, I mean, so it's, it's getting creative with what you sell product for creating a good mix within your department, uh, writing good ads, um, getting good buys and having great relationships with, with your uh, uh, wholesale distributors and, and grower partner, uh, grower partners. I mean, that's, uh, that's also a big help as well. So, um, cause it doesn't matter on what level you're, you're feeling it. You're feeling it at the retail level, at the wholesale level, at the grower level, everyone's feeling the same thing. So um, with everyone in the boat and, you know, uh, everyone has to row to uh, to keep the uh, uh, to keep the food chain going, you know. So, but yeah. Well, and I I remember us talking. Gosh, this has probably been three or four years ago now about even the presentation of pricing. So multiple yeah. pricing or sure. what are other Absolutely. kind of little tips and tricks to just make it a little bit more palatable, even when those prices have to be a little bit higher. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of of the multiples, right? I'm the you know, dollar forty nine, two for three. You know, go two for three, or or dollar uh, twenty nine, four for five, or whatever it might be. I'm just, a, I am a big fan of of the uh, of the multiples. The, uh, the not the problem, but the issue now is the that two for three avocado is now two for four on sale, and it's so that type of stuff. That's why I talk about when you're writing your ads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're writing your ads, that's where. Uh, you need to get creative to still present a great image to a customer, 
but also be financially sound with the decisions that you're making for, for pricing. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a super creative um, uh, thought again, uh, going with the multiples. So definitely, definitely a multiple guy. So. Well, like I said, I know we'd talked about it before. And after we discussed it, I noticed any time that I happen to see that, you know, those signs in the grocery store or even like at the gas station, if it'd be, you know, two for four dollars for a Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever. Right. Like, gosh, I never buy one when it's priced as a as a multiple. Right. Like right. if it's three mangoes for four dollars, I buy at least three mangoes if it's, you know. Yeah, two, sure. two bell peppers for four. I'm buying at least two of the bell peppers, you know, so it really, sure. it helps that way too. So even it try does. To move a little more volume with that pricing also. It does. Absolutely. And you might take less margin, you know, say go, say your, uh, your target is a dollar 39 or whatever. Do you trade up to two for five or do you, or two for three, or do you trade down for to four for five? What are you going to sell the most units at and, and be, uh, financially uh, sound with it. So, but that to me, I mean, that's, 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 that's a, a challenge, but to me, that is a good challenge. So um, I love playing the pricing game, right? I mean, I, I just absolutely loved it because, um, you know, it, uh, uh, it, it, it gave, it gave you a chance to, to flex creativity and build gr- sound margins on displays that you were not just, well, not just regular line items, but displays that you're doing, right? So your uh, strawberries are at a 20% margin, right? But then, you know, tie in your blueberries at a, uh, at a 35, raspberries at 45, and just create, like, say, use the berry patch, the berry patch uh, uh, adage, but create that, that mix, that balance, that mix that just gets you to uh, that whatever that display is, instead of a 20% display, it's a 33% display with everything tied in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you can be really crafty with that and really, um, 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 that can be fun. That can be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, I love that you pointed that out too, because I think that underscores to the importance of connectivity between your procurement team, your merchandisers, sure. your store yeah. team, right? Is like, no, no, no. This is why these things are all on the display because we've done the pricing specifically so that this will work and get us that to this correct. margin for this display, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Because, <laughs> you know, that's another thing too. You train you train operations and, and rotating and calling and crisping and um, um, banana care and whatever, but um, a big part of produce that a big part is pricing, right? I mean, a huge part of produce is pricing. It's, it's not just about the presentation, but it's just, it really is about um, developing that, uh, that mix that gets you to your target gross profit. Uh, you can be as creative as you want to be in the department, uh, but if you're, not, if you're not priced accordingly, um, you're going to have margin issues at the end of the month. So, um, which creates a whole new set, uh, a different set of, uh, of issues for you. So Brian, we've talked about the apple category. We've talked about some fundamentals here for everyone going into the fall season. Squashes, what other categories should folks be really looking to take a deep dive into um, in these coming months? So from the fruit side, uh, I would definitely say pears. Uh, I said it before, I think pears is the, uh, the most um, 
uh, one of the biggest categories in a produce department that's underutilized, so to speak. So uh, there are so many awesome varieties of pears that come out. Fall is a great time of year for pear sales, uh, for pear consumption. So uh, look past the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Anjou, Bartlett, and Bosque and expand into a star crimson, a red Anjou, a red Bartlett, a Pharrell, uh, a Comis, a uh, Concord. I mean, there are so many varieties of pears out there. Uh, one of my favorite fruits, I've obviously, I uh, have a big affinity for pears. Um, uh, hard squash, uh, we talked about hard squash a little bit. Now is the time, you know, stoves are fired up again, right? So uh, your squashes are coming, are going to start coming in hot and heavy. Um, I would say carry a, a really cool variety of squash. So you have your three basics, right? Your acorn, butternut, spaghetti. But there are so many different so many other cool varieties that are coming in and not just have different flavor profiles, but they look great in a, in a, uh, in a display, right? Colorful, you know, um, honey nut, kabocha, carnival, sweet dumpling, um, you know, red curry, blue Hubbard. I mean, there, these are all cool varieties, uh, potatoes, onions, um, you know, people start to cook more, um, uh, substancy foods. Um, again, look past just the russets, reds, and golds in bags or, or bulk and expand your sweet potatoes. I mean, there's, you know, um, be sure to have at least a, 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 a white and a, um, a, a orange sweet potato. Um, you know, Hannah sweet potatoes are amazing. It's a white variety. Um, Japanese sweet potatoes, again, white variety is just amazing. Um, you know, creamer potatoes, you know, little creamer potatoes, fingerlings. Um, this again, I'm talking, going back to the beginning part of the, of the, the session where this is such a great time of year for produce because there are so many options and so many opportunities to catch, to catch sales. So, um, so those are two, actually three categories that, uh, uh, that I would, uh, recommend saying, and, you know, expand, we talked about apples already, but, um, you know, uh, salad category, again, this is, um, you know, as people sit down to, enjoy uh, dinners together. I mean, they're, uh, the salad category is going to uh, uh, be a, a target um, for, for shoppers now. So, um, and as local winds down, right? I mean, your local um, uh, local produce winds down. So, um, you know, take a look at all your categories that people were growing locally um, and just make sure you're offering a great variety. Tomatoes and peppers are, are a, a good good, a couple good commodities that I would, that I would look at too. So, um, yeah, so those are just, just a few basics that, that I would throw out there. Excellent. And we'll wrap up on this one, Brian. Okay. Um, I think for folks who, who are in, in leadership positions, have been in produce a while, it's pretty excited to get, or it's pretty easy to get excited for the fall season with everything that's going on. For sure. How do you recommend that folks bring along, you know, maybe those those newer people to the department, folks who who are still kind of developed in zeal for for produce? What are some things you can do to get them kind of engaged about the seasonality and and learning a little bit about some of the the categories that may be expanded this time of year? Uh, just uh, uh, coach, teach, educate and train and do it all patiently. Um, so this was a, this has been a. A, uh, a topic of our conversations for years now, um, but it this is this is what for a, a new a new produce clerk or um, uh, associate or someone interested in getting in the produce department, 
Um, this is one of those seasons that you, you have to cycle a season, right? But this is an important season to, to, to pay attention to because of there's so much changing going on, right? So um, I would just, again, just do uh, let them do shadows uh, with uh, yourself or with employees. Um, let them um, uh, uh, just take product home, sample a product. Um, uh, given periodicals, there are so many periodicals now uh, that that are available for uh, education of either merchandising or um, um, produce science, or you know how things are grown. I mean, as as uh, that as that product as that information is available on that product, just broaden their knowledge. You know, just broaden their knowledge. So. Um, yeah, I think every season is a great is a great uh, opportunity to train. But again, I'm, I think I'm partial to fall. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's the same. It doesn't really matter the season. It's just, you know, coach, mentor, educate, train and, um, you know, be the difference. So. Awesome. Well, Brian, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you as always for your perspective and your insight on these topics. And I'm sure it won't be too long before we see you again on the Purpose Retail Podcast. Thanks for having me again, Ashley. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brian.